0: What is up my friends? Welcome back to another episode of the Modern Mastery podcast where we help you optimize your human experience through improving your mind, body, spirit, and business with business as the vessel for fulfillment and pursuing your life's work. Today I have John Constance who is a holistic health coach that previously worked for Big Pharma. After hitting rock bottom, suffering from severe anxiety, and realizing that he had been lied to, he made an unconventional change that we discuss. In this episode, we go over the problem with the corrupt modern health system, how to eat for maximum energy and mental clarity, and what you need to cut out of your diet and lifestyle immediately. If you are a growth-minded individual that has skills, interests, or passions, Have tried to turn them into a source of income but struggle to make it sustainable and predictable. Consider joining Modern Mastery HQ where you can copy and paste our hundreds of processes, strategies, and systems into your one-person business while working four hours or less per day. We've packaged up the information from myself, a marketing consultant, and Joey, a performance consultant, into proven processes for starting and growing your business as a coach, freelancer, digital product creator, content creator, or online educator while becoming a laser-focused machine. We offer a seemingly outrageous $50,000 guarantee because we are that confident in our teachings. If you want to build a one-person business, design your perfect lifestyle, and live like you are supposed to, go to join.modernmastery.co slash podcast to get your first month for $5. Or if you want to skip all of the do-it-yourself stuff and join an intensive six-month program that guarantees business and personal success, we also have the Mastery program. You can apply for the next cohort at join.modernmastery.co slash program. Links to both of those will be in the show notes. And last but not least, I have a few favors to ask that cost a whopping $0. So if you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe or follow. It's one button click away, and it helps support the growth of this podcast. To leave a rating letting us know what you thought. Three, you can tag us at modern mastery on twitter or at modern mastery hq on instagram with a link to this episode and some kind words or just some kind words it always helps and if you do all three send us a dm and we have something special for you in return so without further ado let's dive right into this episode of the modern mastery podcast
1: it's so good but
0: yeah Yeah, man where are you from
1: I'm I'm from Montreal, Canada. So right now it's like coming. We're we're kind of easing into winter. This uh, so far it's been so good, but uh, not a lot of snow. But it's on the way. <laughs> let's just say I wish I was in Arizona over Montreal. Yeah, that's for it's sure.
0: it's getting <laughs> cold here, quote unquote. Like yesterday, I went outside to get my direct sunlight first thing in the morning, and it was like 50 yeah. degrees, but I was freezing because. You're Supposed to do it shirtless, like you're supposed to get <laughs> the most exposure. And I was just sitting there, like freezing my ass off in 50 degree weather. So, but it, it's nice during the day. That's, that's that's
1: yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, have you have you met up with uh, you know, Grimhood I know by him, any chance? Yeah, I
0: follow him, listen to all of his advice. I mean, you can't not if you're on this side of Twitter, but I haven't met up with him yeah. yet. I remember a while back like probably 6 months to a year ago he was doing something here but i had just started following him then so i'm like i it didn't really cross mm-hmm. my mind to go to that but next time he does something i'll definitely be there cuz my cuz my awesome. diet has shifted a lot recently and i feel like it's very well aligned with yours we'll see as we dive deeper into this but man like loads of changes has have, have happened to me in the past month two months so i'm very excited to just dive deep but to get things started i always started off with the same exact question for every single person feel free to mull over it if you need to it can be really as simple or as complicated as we make it but the question is what is your life philosophy in one sentence
1: Oof! My life philosophy. Um, I would have to say, optimization. F- optimize time. Optimize effort. Optimize energy. Um, I'm a guy that's all about uh, finding the way to pull out as much as possible from the time or the effort I put in, with you know not burning myself out and not making it more complicated for me. For me. So. That's, you know, for me, if I were to say, like, one word about my life is, like, optimization in all aspects of it. That's (laughs) beautiful, man. Because
0: that's even, that's the first word in my Twitter bio. I've And kind of the overall message of Modern Mastery, or at least what it's shifted to. Because a lot of people, their life Mm -hmm. philosophy is growth or just betterment. And I feel like optimization infers that. Because you always hear the advice, oh, you can't. Like going after perfect is like you're not going to get perfect. And I had someone ask me this on a Twitter space yesterday. They're like, what exactly do you mean by optimizing? And it's like, well, just constantly improving. Like, uh, of course, in, enjoying the journey on the way there, as the cliche saying goes. But like if there is room for improvement there and in a boost in quality of life, why would you not do that? right? Would you agree?
1: Yeah. That's pretty much like the summary of, right. of who I am. It's like, you know, people are always like, why are you doing all these things? Why are you and so invested in your well-being now? Like, why why do you put so much investment and time and effort and, and money and finances into yourself? And I just say, I, I, I see, I guess I've been surrounded by people that didn't do any of that. And I grew up in an environment where you know, we were, you know, our lifestyle was pretty good. But, you know, as people got older, everybody kind of fell into the same bucket of, you know, heart disease, uh, not not, not much diabetes and obesity in my family, but mainly heart disease. And it was just like, well, that's what it's going to be for you. And, you know, that's your genetics, you can't do much about it. And I said, you know, I, I you know my grandfather my dad's father passed away from a heart attack suddenly in the 70s and I never got to meet him and I was like you know it, it really affected me as a child not being able to have that relationship with my grandfather so it inspired me uh to you know to really invest in my health as young as possible to be able to be there for my grandkids and their hopefully even their great grandkids and and really be an example you know I, I'm going to have, have kids eventually at one point and I'm a big believer that um, you gotta you gotta walk the talk kind of thing. So, um, my parents gave me that those good foundations. But I, you know, I, I I would say my mom was very invested into taking care of her health. But my father was just like, you know, this is what it is. Give me the give me all the dr- uh, you know all the drugs I need to stay alive as long as possible. And I was like, this is just not for me. And you know, having gone through my experiences with the medical system and being sick myself. And not getting answers, I was like, there's got to be a better way. And so to me, what kind of intuitively came is like optimize as early as possible. Um, you know, d- preventative rather than working like, you know, the current system is about kind of uh, really the, the perfect metaphor. It's like they're plumbers. They're there to unclog the sink or unclog the toilet, uh, but there aren't they aren't there to improve the plumbing so that it never mm-hmm. clogs again. Like they'll do that job really well, but they'll never optimize the system so that it never happens again. And I've kind of, I'm trying to switch that paradigm with the people that follow me and the people that I speak with and the people that are around me to help them understand that you can optimize your plumbing per se, you can optimize your brain, you can optimize your, your, your sleep and all these things added on, compounded together will just increase your longevity and your performance way way you know, in the future. So
0: yeah, 100% very of the same exact mind here, yeah. at least recently, I, I want to definitely dive into the changes I've made later, and get your opinion on them. Yeah. Because there's a few things that are, are weird about this lifestyle, I feel like you can infer some of those weird things. But, yeah. but before <laughs> we dive into that, what what was the spark of all of this? What What has formed that life philosophy? taking it back to the very beginning, what was that shift and click?
1: Oh, I feel like there was a lot, honestly. It was never just one moment. Um, it was kind of like a sequence of events in my life that kind of really pushed me towards this direction. But I would say it started off uh, as a child, just being exposed to a lot of clinicians and health practitioners. My, my family, there's a lot of doctors, there's a lot of pharmacists. So, like, I was always curious about health, and I always felt like it was something that really interested me. But, you know, in my teens, I got really sick with an autoimmune problem that came literally out of nowhere. Uh, previous to that, like, I was a very healthy kid, had no issues, like, it was probably like in the upper you know I was very active I was playing a lot of sports like everything was good then all of a sudden I got hit with this autoimmune disease in my eyes where like I couldn't even keep my eyes open and I was like freaking out you know I was 12 years old 13 years old being like what's going on with my vision like why why am I so sick and then going to doctors getting you know a bunch of blood work done all this, you know, for years. This was not like a one-year thing. This was five years worth of 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 uh, working with doctors and doing diagnostic testing, and and nobody could ever give me a concrete answer as to like why did this happen, like why did I get to this point where my body just gave out on me and my immune system started attacking my own body, and you know what really kind of marked me at the end of all this, well. Before I kind of get into that, I actually ended up with cataracts at like 16 years old because of what happened with this medical the medical system, the way they were treating me with cortisone in my drop in my eyes for six years literally it was like three like multiple drops a day, just like medicating it and trying to like relieve the symptoms but never going to the root cause. And so when I ended this whole experience, I got my cataract surgery, both eyes actually. Uh, and uh, the doctor, the, the the specialist, the ophthalmologist is like, you know, listen, like, we'll, we'll never really know where ha- why this happened or, you know, what caused it. But, you know, be aware that because you have this, you may be at risk of serious autoimmune diseases like Crohn's or rheumatoid arthritis later on in your life. And I was just like, really? Like, after this whole ordeal, that's all you have to tell me? Like, that I can get sicker? Like, I can't get better? So... That really left a sour taste in my mouth, and I was like, there, there's got to be something more. Like, I was still kind of young, you know, at 16, 17. You're not really thinking about your your health. You're just living, right? And as I got older, uh, my lifestyle, I was, you know, I was in university, a lot of drinking, a lot of partying, no sleeping. Eventually, it caught up to me, and I was like, I felt like a like a mess, like burnout, poor sleep. Uh, very, very anxious already. Like I had a, a nature that I was a little bit more type A personality, let's just say. So, you know, I could push to the limit and kind of burn out easily. But, um, yeah, if, essentially what happened in my early twenties is that I, I pushed myself to that limit where I ended up getting super sick and, and not having an answer. My libido was gone in like my mid twenties and I went to go see a doctor again at that point. And you can imagine, like, what it was, right? It's like, oh, well, dude, it's all in your head, like, take it easy, here's some Viagra, like, you'll be okay, you know? not Nobody was like, you know, this stress is, this. you're under stress, your body's under stress right now, we need to resolve this stress. It was just like, take it easy, man, like, just take this drug, everything's going to be good. And, and then after that, that was like the, the really like the, the domino that kind of like pushed me forward to the other side. Because at that time, I was actually working in the pharmaceutical industry, selling medications and generic drugs to pharmacists. So like I was in the field. I was living that, right? And I don't know if you read my story, but I ended up going to see a uh, naturopath. After deciding, I was like, look, I've got two options here. Either I'm going to really solve the root of what's going on. Or the, the docs are going to put me on meds for the rest of my life, and I'm going to be on benzos, and that's going to be my my future. And just something inside me told me, it's like, that's not what you need to do. Like, go the other route. Like, test it out. See. Like, explore. And so I went. I gave it a shot. The guy gave me some adaptogens, uh, ashwagandha, rhodiola, and within like a couple of days, like my libido came back. My my stress just felt less overwhelming and i was like holy cow like there's there's something up here like why did i Why did my doctor never tell me this like why did i have to find this out on my own and be you know go through all this sh- struggles to figure this out and so that kind of sparked my my peaked my curiosity and uh, at that point like i was uh, at the job they they wanted to promote me as a manager and and like move up the ranks and i i like i didn't feel like, it was the answer. Like, I didn't feel like that's where I needed to be. And, like, just like magic, you know how the universe is, God is, you know, it's, it was literally, like, maybe a month later, a few weeks later that I saw an opportunity to work at my previous uh, job, which was um, orthomolecular products. They're, like, a practitioner, dietary supplement company, and they work really one-on-one with doctors, teaching them the fundamentals of functional medicine, and also bringing the science to those to those tools, uh, to lifestyle medicine in their practices. So I applied, you know, got the job, ended up being very successful there and really loved the domain, like loved the concept of lifestyle medicine. It was, you know, I was training at 16 years old, so I kind of understood, you know, to invest in myself and take care of my body, but I didn't really know the, inner, the in and outs of doing it and working for them really taught me the fundamentals of what is necessary to be healthy and how to use supplements to your advantage to accelerate the healing process with the right fundamentals, right? Good sleep, good diet, you know, good nutrition, good uh, good habits, all these things. So, you know, short and short, I, I basically took this opportunity and used all that knowledge that I gained over the years of training doctors how to do this stuff and I was like, hey like I'm teaching these people this stuff i It seems to me that like I understand it way better than they do. well, why don't I take that information and and, and build something for myself and that's where this coaching business came out of uh, where I'm helping people who are pretty much who I was maybe six, seven years ago and saving them the hassle and the trouble that I had to do and all the trial and error to figure this stuff out and really accelerate that healing process for them so my my struggles were essentially my my biggest gift and i i appreciate them and, and it was super important for me to have to go through this stuff cuz i wouldn't be right here right now speaking with you if i didn't right so it's been a, an amazing journey so far yeah
0: that's insane man i did read your story that yeah, was really well written too if anyone else wants to read it go to his twitter it'll be in the description the pin thread really well written yeah. very emotion triggering, not triggering, but you know what I mean? It, it sparks emotion. Yeah. It's a great story. It keeps you hooked all the way through, but I, I have a few things from what you said. So I've asked some people this and haven't gotten a straight answer. So if you can give me a straight answer, that'd be cool. But if not, whatever, cause I can't even give a straight answer. Do you feel <laughs> like hitting a wall? Burning out completely, hitting rock bottom is necessary for this change because every single person that I have talked to, they hit that wall.
1: Uh, I would honestly, I've always thought about that. I think about that all the time with the people I speak with and I work with, right? And it seems to me that, and, and you know, having worked in this domain and the holistic medicine field and uh, alternative medicine field for for you know years over 5 years i i realized that majority i would say not everybody but i would say a good 95% of people that i encountered that were practicing you know health practitioners had gone you know the reason why they kind of went this other route is because they hit that brick wall so you know in my experience yes it's an absolute must because once you hit that brick wall and you realize that the current system just isn't enough to get you to where you need to go well you have no other choice but to explore other options until then you know people put their faith and trust in the system you know out of hopes that you know this system is in this is here and it's this powerful and it's that established for a reason right it's because it's it's the right way but you know, through countless of experiences with people I work with and the practitioners that I've come across that are doing this kind of work, they all had to hit that brick wall to kind of like wake themselves up. And the pain of suffering is what really rings the bell to change. And um, that's that's definitely a common a common factor of the people I've come across. And I see, I, I feels like everybody on Twitter who's in this field as well is also has been really sick themselves or on the, on the verge of death, you know? So um, it's a must. I think it's, it's not a, you know, there are some people that will kind of like wake up and and kind of take the action, but a good, you know, the the majority of people, like I said, 95% of people will probably have suffered themselves and got, you know, gotten the previous result, the previous system to fail on them. And then they say, you know what, like, I got to look elsewhere. And that's, that looking elsewhere is what really like gets you down that rabbit hole where you start realizing there's a lot of people that are in your position where they haven't gotten answers and they've looked elsewhere and they've gotten the answers so you you have to do it it's the you have to you know you got to go through it and that's the only way you kind of wake up from your slumber it's almost like yeah it's really like waking up from a slumber the suffering wakes you up hundred yep. percent
0: yeah I can relate heavily to that because recently I quit drinking like I wasn't doing it that often but I mean weekly maybe just justifying doing it weekly oh I need a break I need to get out of the house go socialize because every social event is implies alcohol everything implies alcohol nowadays and so I was doing that and then eventually just hit a point because I have big projects that I'm working on right now and My sleep suffered. My energy suffered. I just couldn't focus or do the work that I wanted to. And the work that I experienced before after, like, when I had a great burst of mental clarity. So it's like, I need to maintain this somehow. And the rest of my diet was okay. But just cutting out alcohol alone changed fucking everything. Because now it's spilled into so much more. I've changed so much about my diet. Not so much, but made minor tweaks and started to optimize it more just because I have the energy to do that, right? And it's like I I have this momentum of feeling better, thinking better, being able to put out quality work, and it just compounds if you let it compound and you let it take you there rather than trying to justify it because that's what I did. Like I even on Twitter, I could still kind of say this, but I coined a term tactical degeneracy. I was pretty much like encouraging people to go and drink to take a break. And to all those listening, like I do not condone that anymore. But of course, use your own head and hit rock bottom if you have to. (laughs) So the another thing that came to mind in your story is how you started the coaching business, right? And this is something I've been munching on for a while now because I'm writing about it. Do you think the the world is inevitably shifting to more personal stuff, more specific knowledge as Naval says? Do you think that over time that's how maybe 90 or like 80% like 80-20 how things are going to be, like are people with specific knowledge going to teach 10 or 100 true fans? Through the internet, how to do things as opposed to people seeking out advice from these big systemized institutions or the system
1: <laughs> i mean that that's a, there's there's so many levels to that question, but i I would say it depends right the, you know there's so many people out there doing this sort of thing, and the the question I ask myself is are, you know, do they have the necessary tools to get the results, right? Like it's one thing to want to go out and be a coach and and help people, but, you know, do they really have what it takes to get the results and and succeed at what they do? Um, The, you know, that's one question I have. The other one, the other good thing, you know, the other side of that is that, you know, if they don't have the skills, well, they can invest a lot of time and effort in learning that skill. So, you know, that's kind of out of their control but what's in their control is really going down to the nitty-gritty um, you know I, I know for myself I had a very strong science background that's what my education was I was I, I did about ba- two bachelors actually once one in kinesiology and one in biology so I had you know I learned a lot about biochemistry I learned a lot about physiology so learning the fundamentals of whatever I was doing and in my case coaching health coaching, was vital and if not essential for me having the success I've had so far because if I didn't have that base, well then I wouldn't be able to understand why am I giving L-theanine for people to relax or why am I giving Inostal to help them. Like I'm all about when I do things and I work as a coach with people, it's about empowerment. It's about having them you know they don't have these tools in the in their back pocket right now. And so what I strive to do with coaching is to help them essentially take a piece of me with them with the, for the rest of their lives when I'm done. You know, it's like it's 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 easy to put this perfect system and have them follow a perfect system, but if they don't understand why they're doing it or how it's helping them or, you know, why it's important to know why, you know, why these things are important for them they won't get the results there, you know, it's almost like using the mind to, you know, to to, to assist the body in the healing process. When the mind Mm -hmm. understands why something's happening, it it pushes it towards that promised land, that envisioned perfection, that, you know, perfection that people want to reach, right? So, you know, I would say it's, it, 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 the coaching thing, I, I see it as being a very prominent thing. But there's going to be a lot of sifting through who's good, who's bad, who's actually legit, who's actually trying to grift you. Um, I I see it a lot, you know. I I'm on Twitter, uh, you know, quite often, and I see the stories of you know people that look very credible and then getting you know getting exposed for not being not you know being fraudulent and not being uh, not being true to themselves and true to others. So, and what I do, I, I you know, what you get is what you see. I express myself, you know, who people are reading on Twitter right now is who I am. And they're, they're literally gaining access to my brain. And uh, I was very lucky and gifted to have gone through my, you know, school path and career path. And everything kind of aligned. The stars aligned. Gave me all the tools I needed. You know, being in school and learning biochemistry while I was there, I was like, when am I gonna ever use this stuff? Like, you know, I, I was planning on being an MD, and I knew that being an MD, you know, they're never gonna talk to you about. By, you know, how you're, you're metabolizing your fats or how you're, you know, you're producing your hormones. Like, they don't, you know, they don't have that time in the 7 to 50-minute conversation that doctors are having with patients to explain these things. So, in my head, I was like, oh, I got to learn this stuff to get into med school. Well, you know, that's that's all I'm going to do. But it ended up happening that I didn't get into med school. And I had all this baggage of knowledge and understanding of the human body that I could use in my career to connect all the dots that I, I needed to connect to essentially build a business. Um, really, like, being here on Twitter right now is it's pretty much a fluke, honestly, because I was in, in the middle of my career, like, very successful salesperson. And I was talking to a buddy and I was talking to him about functional medicine, how supplements work with for stress and all these things. And he's like, dude, like this sounds great, but I didn't understand a word you said and it makes no sense to me. He's like, if you could find a way to take what you said and make it simple for me and everybody else to understand, I think you have something on here. Like you've got, you've got something going here. And like, that was, that like sparked my curiosity. Then I had another friend of mine that was on Twitter, uh, at my thought food. And he has been there for like about a year before me. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but, um, he's in, into training and stuff like that. He's a fitness, uh, fitness Twitter. But he told me, he's like, dude, just get on Twitter and start sharing this knowledge. And I was like, okay, like went on, s- spoke to a brick wall for like, who knows how many months, just writing out content, everything that can come to my mind, just writing, 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 writing. I was always a creative person when I was a kid too. Like even growing up, I just had this like creative spark in me. And I think in my teens and in my early 20s, like I had lost that. And I kind of came to discover that that was really fueling my stress. Like not being able to let my mind get rid of all these thoughts and put them onto paper and express itself Mm -hmm. was just like making my mind overactive and... More stressed out, so yeah. I mean, overall, it was just like I I, I fell on, into Twitter, started building this brand, and people just started asking me for help at one point. Like, and they're like, "I'll pay you for it," and I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> whoa! Like, in, somebody's paying me for internet money? Like, you know, paying me internet money to help them?" I'm like, "I've got something here, you know." And then I kind of got lucky. I ended up working with, uh, you know, I saw that there was the potential, so I invested in coaching myself. Uh, with Jose Rosado to teach me how to run, you know, a coaching business and, and really get my word across and, and help people and, and make a living out from it. So started off with him and then it's you know it's progressed to you know other people on money Twitter. I, I work a lot with uh, uh, Olivier Cantin so he's helped me tremendously really take my uh, my coaching business to the next level. And it's been, you know, that's what I would recommend for anybody that's considering getting into coaching is really network, find, you know, get out there, do the work, show up every single day, no ifs ands, or what's about it. Like, that's the secret. It's like every day, no matter the crickets that are showing up to your content, <laughs> you show up every day and you make, you make connections. And I, I know you can totally relate, Dan, but... You know, we, we, we just show up and then eventually things just start clicking for you. It's like magic. It's like the the universe conspires for you to win if you show up. And that's what happened to me in this case. So, yeah, it's been so far. So far, loving the experience. And I, I can't wait to see what the future has in store, honestly. Hell yeah, dude.
0: I am of the exact same mind again. the The thing with Twitter when I first started... It, my non-negotiable for myself, because I had tried so many other things. I tried Instagram. I tried YouTube for like five years. <laughs> and the then with Twitter, one, I saw more potential and it seemed a bit easier. It's just writing. It was kind of fun. Right. And I saw other people's yeah. content. I'm like, I could do yeah. this too. And so I started putting it out there and my non-negotiable was if I skip a day, I die. Metaphorically. And <laughs> So even on the days where I would put it off for so long, I'd lay in bed for like an hour before sleep. I know I shouldn't look at my phone before sleep, but I I would sit there just (laughs) writing out, like trying to think of the perfect tweet to put out so I could say that I did it for the day. And what you said there about the universe conspiring in your favor, I recorded a video on this the other day, and it's the whole thing with diving into the unknown or what's uncomfortable to you because you don't know what's out there. It's the unknown. Right. And once you take that first step into it, then you can actually see a bit further. You can't go to step five without first taking step one, right? It it doesn't even exist to you. You have no idea it's there. You have no idea that health coaches are making a hundred thousand dollars a month on Twitter because you haven't taken that first step and even started. Right. And then once you take that first step, once you get that first DM where it's like, hey, I'll pay you for this stuff, you're like, oh, okay, it was that simple. Now imagine if I had this structured and uh, went on to actually reach out to people and set up some kind of funnel and then it all makes sense. And then you again with the curiosity, you keep saying that such a huge, huge, huge trait that you need to cultivate and curiosity of diving into the unknown that's the whole thing and then you just keep going let the momentum build and then you kind of just have it all figured out the next step is intuitive after you learn the fundamentals as you said earlier as well it's like you learn the fundamentals and then that opens up a road for you to go and test and start to optimize according to your own unique situation so to transition back what are the biggest misconceptions of like modern health and what you used to do? What were the changes and realizations? In terms of in terms of diet. <laughs> so you I'll, mean... I'll, I'll narrow it down to diet and then we can dive into lifestyle. Yeah.
1: Okay. What I think people have you know the the, diff, the most difficult pill to swallow for people these days is to you know all these very prominent institutions that are regulating our our health affairs and, and 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 the medical system itself um i feel that people don't see it but once you start looking deeper the amount of corruption and the amount of uh money that's being spent to promote a certain philosophy um, is is nauseating, honestly, and it's just it's it's heartbreaking to see how much money has taken over, uh, money and profits has really taken over uh, control of health. It's just like people would rather believe somebody in authority that you know is being paid by somebody else to be in that position to say certain things. Um, you know, I'm I, I don't like delving too much into the conspiracy theories, but. You know, the science is there there is science out there proving that things that we're doing now is not beneficial for our health and people would rather just turn you know you know close their eyes, not pay attention to that and just put full trust into the people that are making the rules to just continue with that and and, and, and you know hope for the best and I think the future of what health needs to be is it goes back to what I said before it's about empowering yourself. Not just with the tools to be healthy, but the knowledge and the history of where, why did we come? Why did, why have we reached this point? Like, why are seed oils, industrial seed oils, canola oil, soybean oil, why is that in every single food, packaged food in, you know, on the planet? Why are they giving something? like that, to, for, to everybody to eat when there is science out there showing that there is, it's causing inflammation, it's feeding into things like diabetes and obesity, like there is evidence out there. And it's like people hope, you know, they hope that they're going to get this perfect research paper that's going to come out, it's going to answer all the questions of the world and everything's going to be good and we're going to have the perfect blueprint of how to live our lives. That's not going to happen. That's that is not never going to happen. It's not going to happen. It hasn't happened. The entire system would have to collapse for that to happen. And you know, is that going to happen in our lifetime? I hope not. But you know, at one point it might have to. It's like they've built this de- this house of cards, right? All it's going to take is just one flick of the bottom card there, and the whole thing's going to come, come toppling down. And that's really where my message on Twitter is. It's like to wake up people to what they aren't being told versus what they're being told and to question, you know, is what I'm being told fact or is there something else behind that, that, you know, for example, money, money talks. We all know that. Um, there is billions, billions and billions of dollars. For example, you know, I always use seed oils because it's just like people can relate to that. They know, they know about it. They've been hearing about it, especially on this side of Twitter. But Um, There are plenty of other things that are, you know, the pharmaceutical industry, certain drugs that are being prescribed that are causing, you know, tons of problems uh, just as a side effect of the drug. Um, This isn't to say that the pharmaceutical industry and the medical system is all terrible, right? Um, There is value in certain things, in certain treatments. You know, if you break a leg there's no supplement on the planet that's going to help you heal or Chinese medicine that's going to help you heal that leg, right? You got to go to a surgeon and they got to replace it. And, and you know, that kind of, on, on that front, uh, modern medicine has tremendously advanced. It, there's situations where they are really saving lives. But when it comes to chronic disease, the in my opinion, from what I see and in, in the research I've looked at and and just being in tune and intuitively just feeling this, I feel there's a lot, like money is talking more than the actual facts are talking. And that's what I'm trying to wake up people to is to like, not that there is a conspiracy, but like, you know, things don't add up and it's ask why aren't things adding up? Like, why am I, if I follow the the food pyramid, am I getting obese and diabetic and, you know, having to take all these medications for the rest of my life? Um, I want people to question things and I want them to dig deeper. And look, I mean, you know, if, if a very short and sweet story of where you know why the medical system is where it's at today. Um, it, there was something in the in 1910, the Flexner Report, which was uh, they wanted to standardize medical training for physicians across the world, particularly in North America. And this was actually funded by John D. Rockefeller, the Rockefeller Foundation. So big, big money in here. They, he was actually also highly invested in the pharmaceutical and the roots of the pharmaceutical industry. And so when they came to standardize the medical, the medical field and the medical training, they basically decided like there's, you know, naturopathy, Chinese medicine, chiropractors, um, all these energetic medicine, all these different, uh, healing modalities were everywhere. There was universities dedicated to this stuff prior to, you know, the 20th century. And then they decided, you know what, this doesn't really connect to where we want things to go. We need to standardize it where doctors are trained in a certain way. They prescribe, you know, these drugs that we are going to produce Uh, To the patients, you know, these drugs were actually based off of the the petrol industry. So like uh, the gasoline, it was kind of like they were using uh, parts of that industry to make pharmaceuticals. And, uh, you know, this is a history that you could ask every single doctor you know. I can guarantee you probably like 99% of them don't even know this part of their history of their own profession, right? So... What happened essentially is there was a change in the profession. It was less about healing and it was more about making money and you know people don 't want to look at that part of history they don't it 's like it 's not talked about in, in medical school. the news won 't talk about it. You only will find this stuff out if you look for yourself and you know that 's what I try to get people to realize is that you need to invest time doing your own research, and yes, there's a lot of junk out there when you 're going to be doing this research. But, you know, follow people that are really pushing the envelope and bringing that information to you so you can, you know, uh, really that's my brand, right? I'm trying to make science simple and easy for everybody to understand. Science is a very complicated thing. And that's something I learned in my career working with clinicians and working with pharmacists. Um, When you talk science, like, you can talk science with them and they understand. But, like, the common person, you know, won't understand at all anything that's going on. You're going to talk about different parts of the body and how they're interacting with scientific jargon, like it doesn't make any sense to anybody. So what I really set out to do with my brand is to make science simple, easy to digest so that people can take this information and the simple information, that's the key thing, and apply it to their own lives and improve themselves and better themselves. So. I know we kind of went all over the place there, but that's just how my mind works. But uh, yeah, overall, like that's what I'm trying to do with Twitter. Is I want people to empower themselves and to really question the narrative and to test things out on their own. you got to explore. We were put on this planet to explore and, 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 and be curious, like you said before. And people are just not doing any of that. They're just following the line and, and just like not looking elsewhere and putting the horse blinders on. And that's... Why we're in this, you know, the the mess that we're in right now, you know, biologi, you know, physiologically, with people having all their chronic diseases, but also just in general, like people aren't thinking deeply anymore. I was actually thinking about that yesterday. It's like, you know, you look at these Renaissance people, these Renaissance masters, you know, like uh, the the artists, uh, uh, John Jan Van Eyck, uh, 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 what's his name. Uh, uh, just everybody doing the the their, you know they were they had no internet they had nothing Beethoven all these people had nothing to use to enhance their skills but they became so in tune with themselves and with a higher power that they were able to create like masterpieces that we're talking about five six hundred years later now people are stuck on this. Like this has taken all that time that we, you know, people would have to think and sit down and quiet and process and 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 enhance their their thinking processes. They've lost that now. We've been we've been absorbed by a new god, the technology god, and we're 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 basically being uh, stifled or suffocated out of our own powers that we have innately within us. So that was something that came to me yesterday and uh, the other day actually, and I was just like. Fascinated at like how the you know the potentials of the human mind we you know we're seeing it as well you know in our in our in our world on twitter there's a lot of people that have great potential to share with the world and I'm just excited to see how this evolves throughout our lifetime because it you know it is kind of new right um it's been about a decade now so it's not really when you look at like time a decade of this this, this world, this community isn't anything. Like, we, we haven't tapped the potential, not even close right. yet. <laughs> well
0: said, dude. Holy shit. Yeah. Because a lot of people have been saying, or maybe not a lot of people, but a lot of people have been saying how, oh, Web 2 is dead, Web 3 is the move. Dude, Web 2 hasn't even started yet, in my eyes. Like, we are very early to this game, so we're in the right place. And I encourage, I mean, it's part of my brand, I encourage other people to at least start posting content online and figuring out what they want to do. Start some form of a business and work your way up the ladder because it's fun. It's just a fun thing to do. And what you said there about kind of inferring knowledge or you having everything already within you, it's such a big thing that I've been trying to understand. And it's recently started to make sense because I've changed the diet. I've changed the lifestyle. I've slowly optimized up until this point where I can actually operate from a state that is my own, right? Because we have so much conditioning from other people, distractions, technology, the inside portion of the grocery store, everything that has kind of just been laid out for you. It's like a it's like a breadcrumb trail, but the breadcrumbs are like sugar cookies and then you get addicted and you can't stop. <laughs> so <laughs> the one question I have for you, because I'm terrible with research, man. I cannot, I could if I wanted to, but I'm just terrible at finding the right research. And when I post something, because I don't talk about the research online, like I just talk about what I do and what has made a noticeable shift in my life. So when I talk about red meat or raw liver or something on social media of just me eating it or something, I'll get these comments where it's like, oh, you're going to die of heart disease. And it's like, well, one, no, I'm not. But how do you talk to these people? Because like I, I said, I said something kind of rude to one person like just a retort it wasn't rude but it was kind of just like blunt like no i'm not gonna die of heart disease and then he started going off linking articles to like harvard and other things that associated red meat with all of this stuff and so i want to hear your take how do you find these articles that you can trust or this research that you can have that trust in because with those ones, like if you read those and it's like, oh, it makes sense, and you trust it, and then it causes health problems down the road, and you're like, oh fuck, <laughs> I can Like I read the research, what happened?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could tell you, Dan. Like that's an uphill mm-hmm. battle because you can, if like, let's say you were to go on PubMed. Uh, PubMed is usually what I will use. It's like anything about health. PubMed, you put it in the search bar, whatever you're looking for, you're going to get like a plethora of tons of information and different viewpoints, different studies, you know, all, de- and, and you can even choose what you're kind of looking for. But, you know, what I would, I would recommend you uh, in the future is just don't even get into that conversation because like I said, you can find one paper saying one thing and you can find 120 others saying the complete direct opposite. And you can look at the evidence and you can be like, wow, like this evidence is very convincing. And that's what I've been trying to, to kind of pull away myself away. And people that are following me is that like science is a tool, but people are looking at it like a Bible. Like Mm -hmm. it's, you know this scientific paper that was done in a very controlled setting um, is the facts. When in reality, you and I are living in this ecosystem that is not a labor that is not a laboratory, that is not controlled. So, you know, it's great to look at all these, you know, these papers and to see how in a controlled setting, certain supplements will help and, you know, uh, certain diets will help. But I could tell you from my, you know, my exploration of, of nutritional science and, and research, um, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of lobbying that's being done. There's a lot of industry funded research that is, you know, pushing a certain viewpoint and denying another viewpoint. So that's the difficulty that people are going to have because where where are people getting this information of you know should I not eat red meat or whatever? Well, one, it's going to be their doctor and their doctor is reading papers from you know industry funded. You know, not all the time. And this is not like I'm not here to like you know bash science and say science is no is is not uh, important and we shouldn't use it to our advantage not at all. It's like the the thing with that people need to understand is a lot of doctors don't have the time to go through the research themselves and you know they're basically relying on things they've heard 20 you know 10 10 years ago while they were in medical school when they spent, you know, 10 hours learning nutrition. Um, they just don't have enough time as well like they, they it's it's a time is a factor going through all this research is very tedious requires a lot of time and effort so you know you're going to kind of go the easy route and you're going to follow what the doctor says or you're going to follow what the media says and you know they're going to you know that's that's where things get really really bad because the you know the mainstream media will will say something like eating eggs is like you know eating one egg is like smoking a pack of smokes like of cigarettes you know like what (laughs) the hell like that is complete absurd ridiculous like it's just to me it, it is nonsensical to the point where they're just literally trying to scare people from eating eggs like come on give me a break right like these things, uh, that's where I look at these things. And then I, I myself, I see that. I question. I'm like, why the hell would they say these things? And then instinctively, I start losing trust. Like, you know, if they're saying these this nonsense, how much of the other stuff that they're saying is nonsense or how much of it is true? I'm a big believer in self-science. Ooh. So, you know, you were telling me, like, how how can you know that you were doing something throughout your life, didn't cause you to get sick later on? Well, my belief and the way I work with people is this. Is you know, use the science as a tool, understand the fundamentals, what has worked, what hasn't worked, but use the science and apply different things to yourself. Whatever evidence there is, even if it's not a double blind placebo controlled gold standard study, try it and see what you think about it. Like is it improving your sleep? Is it improving your energy? Is it improve, improving your mood? Those are much more concrete factors than what a, a piece of paper in a controlled setting, uh, you know, as a result of a, a clinical study will tell you. Like these are, you know, this is what I want people to embrace in the future, and that's why I think the future, I what I intuitively feel we're going towards is that like the, the there's going to be a big distrust with the 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 scientific community. Things are just a little bit all over the place right now, and people are going to start losing trust. They've already—it's already started. Like, why are people moving towards, you know, uh, functional medicine? Why are thousands of doctors in the United States quitting their practice, you know, their cash practices, to start a functional medicine practice where they're going to take a twenty to thirty percent pay cut at, just to actually make a difference and really help these people? Um, you know, that's these are the questions that people should be asking, and. At the end of the day, what people need to do is take information that they have, uh, apply it to their own lives. If they have serious conditions that need doctor supervision, then they ask their doctor before doing anything outside the box. And you know, just have that conversation with them. I'm sure doc, you know, a lot of doctors want to have those conversations. It's just people are, feel like they're rushed out of the rushed out of the clinic office and they don't have the time, you have to take control. If you care about your health, you have to take care of, you know, you have to take the action, you have to ask the questions, you gotta start empowering yourself, you gotta start, you know, not, not challenging your doctor, but getting him more involved into what you're learning and what, you know, the questions you may have. Um, that's what I feel. It needs to be done. It's it's gonna be like a it's gonna be like a movement. It's like the more people start asking questions, the more that wave is gonna get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until eventually, like we're gonna find a better solution. Which you know we're we're almost there. Like there is snippets of where we're going. Where you know they're gonna look at your genetic profile. They're gonna see what you you know how your body is wired, and then give your body the right software for that wiring so that it stays optimized like that's where medicine is gonna move like we are there but it's just like not mainstream not everybody knows about it uh, you know, there's a lot of people pushing back against it and saying this is not how it should be. You know, the only gold standards we have now are from the pharmaceutical industry. You know, how, you know how much it costs to do these papers, that these research, uh, these clinical studies. Like it's multi million dollars. And I can tell you, like having worked in a supplement company that was investing a lot into research, it's extremely, it's unfeasible, and it's, I would say, it's impossible to get the standards of research that people are looking for to really move forward with this. The only way we're going to do it is if the people ask for it. And that's what I'm doing is having people ask the questions so they get asked their doctor and then their doctor can start asking questions and start digging deeper. Like that's how you make, that's how you change things. And um, I, I've heard this thing about revolutions, right? Where it's like all you need is 10% of the population to kind of get on board and, create the movement for a severe, uh, you know, a serious switch around or a serious wave of change. And that's what we're all doing, I think, on our on, our, on Twitter uh, through our own brands and in our own fields is that we're trying to help people realize this. And, you know, what I've seen with my own clients and people that, that follow me is like, you know, they're they're learning information, and they're telling their friends about it. And then their friends are telling their friends about it, right? So that's what I think... We need to do uh, as I know as influencers, as you know, people that have uh, a certain expertise in our fields. Like we need to help these people get to where they need to go, so they can tell other people about it, and we can create that that positive change that we want to see in the world. And it's it's got to start somewhere. So that's what we're doing right now.
0: You're on fire, <laughs> man! Holy shit! <laughs> yeah. Okay. So,
1: dude, that's I, I get very passionate. You can tell this is like I live I and love breathe it, this dude. stuff. So. I just want a better world for my kids and their kids and their kids, right? Like that's I, I try to be as selfless as possible in this world, uh, in this lifetime and, and try to help as many people as possible. But I'm looking at like that's how my mind works. I'm always the guy that's like looking in the future, like where are things going? How can they get better? Like that's you know, my optimization of myself projects into my wanting, you know, my my desires for humanity in the future. Like that's That's what I want. That's that's the cool
0: thing, man, because from the people that I've talked to and like the modern thought leaders like Jordan Peterson or even like ancient philosophers, they've mostly came to that conclusion. I think everyone that is on the path of improvement eventually comes to the conclusion of, yes, my life's purpose or the main driver of my life is to do whatever I can, test everything, experience everything, find what works, transcend myself and pass those lessons down. So they spread further, like in, I'm pretty sure this is the main message of a new earth by Eckhart Tolle is you're raising the collective human consciousness. That's exactly what you're doing. And (laughs) something funny I saw on Twitter that didn't get much engagement. I forget who it was, but it had like two likes and it really stuck out to me, but it said everyone's end journey in life is becoming a life coach. And there's a bunch of shit. Like people talk shit about life coaches all the time, but that's really what it is. It's like you work your way up the ladder through business improvement, just your experiences. And then once you hit a certain point where you have something that can get other people results, you're technically a life coach at that point, so I thought that was funny, but it's really true <laughs> in my eyes. But
1: no, I saw I saw that I, oh, I saw said- <laughs> that tweet as well, and and it's yeah I saw it too. I saw the exact same one, and I was like ah, it's like that's hilarious, but it, it, like you said, you hit the nail on the top of the head, and and I love Eckhart Tolle. Uh, I listened to I, I I listened to both of his books, and it, that's. One of the reasons you know he was one of the people that inspired me in my lowest lows to kind of look at the world in the way that I just told you right like he he taught me that you know we the change that we want to produce in the world starts from within and that's what really like like sparked that like change in me to really work on myself and heal myself and then look what it look what it did. It literally created a you know a, a successful brand for me where I'm helping other people do the same. And, and and essentially pulling out the pain, the potential pain that they could experience in their life down the line. Like that's just a blessing that I never would have thought would come my way. It's just like as life is going on, like I'm just realizing there's everything that happens. You know, it sounds cliche, but everything that happens is really happening for a reason. And it's like whenever things need to happen for me, it's like out of the word work, out of, like, magic, like, they come in. And, and I swear to God, like, when you – when you before you reached out to me to, to come on this podcast, something, like, a weird thought came to me. and I'm like, oh, like, I saw I saw your post or whatever. I'm like, oh, like, Dan's got a nice podcast. Like, I, I'll be nice to, like, get on there. I swear to God. And, like, maybe two, three hours later, you asked me. And I was like – I told my girlfriend. I'm like, <laughs> I just – you know, I just had this thought two hours ago. And then Dan reached out to me, like – I, I'm a huge believer now that, like, like I said, the universe is conspiring for you to win and like, put your heart, like if you do things with your heart and your soul, everything's going to come down your way. And like, that's what I'm doing now. And I'm going to continue to do till the day Fuck I die. Yeah, man. Literally. <laughs>
0: the the reason I asked uh, you to come on the podcast specifically is because I got like, I, I've been a health junkie my entire life. It doesn't sound like it from what I said before with the whole alcohol stuff, but like, f- since the beginning, <laughs> flexible dieting, I wanted to be a bodybuilder at one point. Uh I've always been in the gym, and my diet has been okay according to, like, if it fits your macro standards, which isn't very good, but mm-hmm. it's something I've been so curious about recently because I'd been closed-minded to it forever. I was, like, a flexible dieting zealot where it's like, no, hit your calories, hit your macros, you're fucking good to go, and... Then I came across this. I started feeling amazing. Things started to work out better. I got curious, and it's like, okay, I got uh, Dalton from Analyze and Optimize on. I got Zach Strength, who we like had a very nuanced discussion of keto, and it's like I like need to dive into this more. I need to get more people on, and that's why I, I dude, I'm like very grateful for <laughs> starting a podcast because it's just like I can get on and learn whatever I want just by talking to someone who knows what they're talking about. So it's really fun.
1: But I want to – Dude, you went from like one pole to the other. <laughs> now you're eating raw liver smoothies. Well, I've even – Dude, that's, that's hardcore. That's I know. Hardcore. I've even
0: ditched – I've ditched the smoothies now. We Maybe – Dude, we'll probably have to schedule another podcast because I have so much I want to talk about with this. But I, I dropped the keeper for now. <laughs> But fuck, okay, I have one more question before, but also want to reiterate what you said about personal responsibility. Just like taking responsibility by questioning things to help yourself and not outsourcing, this is kind of a business lesson too, is like not outsourcing your health, wealth, or relationships to someone else's advice, to the mainstream advice, even to like good advice. It's you have to take it, you have to test it, and you have to... See what works for you, see what gets results, double down, iterate, all of that fun stuff. But for people like my former self, IIFYM, eating a decent diet, they're health conscious at least. What are the staples that people can start testing and implementing right now in terms of diet?
1: So you're talking about like for performance or just in general, like what do you mean?
0: Let's talk performance. I've been on a big mental clarity kick lately. I feel like that's an asset. You have to have the mental clarity. So for like cognitive performance.
1: Okay. Yeah. So I would say for cognitive performance and particularly working out with very high stressed, high performers, um, breakfast. Breakfast, you know, that there's been a lot of discussion about breakfast and, you know, people were, you know, back in the day it was breakfast is the, you know, the meal of champions. It's like what makes or breaks your day. Um, the problem with that is that it's been warped. You know, <laughs> breakfast now, what people think of breakfast, they think of cereal, pancakes, oh, uh, do, you know, bagels, things that, things that are not going to pull out the best performance from you on a day-to-day basis because... They spike insulin and insulin spikes cortisol, which is your stress hormone. So what I've, you know, what I've applied to my own life as a high performer as well is um, fats and proteins for breakfast, uh, big, big, big change, uh, you know, particularly what I've applied and what I've learned from uh, Charles Poliquin. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's a, he was a, you know, he was a, f- a very famous strength coach. He passed away a few years ago. But, you know, he used to have, he used to put all of his athletes and high performers on a meat and nut breakfast. So they would rotate between, you know, steak, uh, steak and some, uh, you know, steak and some nuts, uh, uh, macadamia nuts, kind of rotating. So you get like the fats from the nuts, but also the saturated fats and proteins from the meat. Um, I've noticed, you know, what I've applied to my clients is kind of using that framework. Not everybody's going to have a steak for (laughs) breakfast, but... You know, getting in a, a high-quality protein to start your day with some high-quality fats, cognitively, you're going to feel on another level. And it's like I, I see it with all of my all of my high performers, right? People are like, you know, high performance, you know, I don't have a lot of time, right? So what do they do? Intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. And intermittent fasting, in my opinion, for a lot of people, is doing a lot more damage than it is good Uh, to their performance and, you know, people that need some sort of, you know, that people that have a very active brain, type A personality, high, you know, heavy, you know, they think a lot, they process a lot of information that uses fuel, right? And so if you're going to get, if you're not going to give that fuel to yourself in the morning and you're basically starving yourself till lunchtime, um, you're not going to perform as well as you could be. So if people really want to do fasting and pull out the best uh, out of that fast, it would be better to skip something like supper where, you know, you're already you're winding down for the rest of the day. You don't really need that extra fuel in the evening. Like, it's fine. But, you know, for me, like, <laughs> intermittent fasting if for, and skipping breakfast is probably, it, and from my experience working with a lot of people, like, it's damaging more, your performance more than it is, uh, improving it. Um, the other thing is like people are, you know, fasting is great, but doing too much of it and not re giving your body what it needs. You know, there's people that do like two, three day fast or one day fast a lot. Um, but don't give themselves the right refeed. Mm. Um, that's very stressful on the body. Your body doesn't always want to be starving. Starvation is like a stress response. So, there are, you know, it's a very fine line. It's a double-edged sword. People can use it to their advantage, but if they don't do it right, they're going to they're gonna have problems down the line. Um, the other thing um, that I would recommend, you, we're, we're talking about just diet now, right? You, the question you were, we're talking about, we're just gonna diet? Dive or in. We're going to dive into lifestyle
0: too um, for a bit. I, okay. I, that's okay. why I feel like we need another podcast, but <laughs> we can, like, like give, give the people <laughs> what they need for this, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I would say what else, like another thing that people should look at is not just removing carbs either. I'm, I'm, I'm again, I'm not a big fan of keto. I don't, you know, I, I know there's a lot of therapeutic potential for people that are very, very sick or, you know, very, very overweight that want to lose weight and rebalance their insulin and all those things. Uh, but I would say, again, for a lot of people, it's a stressor on the body to not be getting any carbs throughout the day. What I've seen in my experience working with people is that there are people that will go on keto and then their sleep gets messed up. Like they just can't sleep anymore or they they just feel on edge all the time. Carbs uh, timed at the right moment actually can improve your mood, can help you relax. So, you know, what I do with a lot of my clients is I have them time their carbs either like in the evening on workout days uh, or, you know, having vegetables, vegetables are like the, the accepted carbs, right? Like you can have that at lunchtime, whatever. But like, if you want to incorporate things like rice or, uh, some, some, uh, sourdough bread or potatoes, um, those things are, are more beneficial in the evening because they, when you eat carbs, you actually flood your brain with serotonin. Serotonin is like your, feel good brain chemical. It's very important for uh, stress. For example, your your brain will actually release serotonin to kind of get you into the present moment and relax you and and get you like calm so you can take action, right? Uh, But one thing about serotonin too is that it produces melatonin. So having those carbs in the evening actually promote better sleep, Uh, for those people that are, you know, very high performers that are having uh, trouble sleeping. Um, That's really like, uh, if you want like a very basic effortless tip on how to like wire, like uh, program your food, that's one way that I I get. I pull out a lot of performance and a lot of uh, good things for for my clients when I do that for them. Uh, But yeah, like another thing that people that I see very commonly um, is just people in general kind of getting busy with work and just skipping meals. Skipping meals is, again, it, go, it connects back to what I was telling before, is the worst thing you can do for your body. It's like if you're already a stressed out person and you're skipping a meal, you're make, you're, you're like adding gasoline and fuel to that fire. Like you're not improving yourself. May, yeah, maybe you might spend more time doing work, but what if you ate? You probably pull out a lot more quality into that work uh, mm-hmm. if you ate. So um, people need to stop thinking about convenience and saving time. And you know, and it's not—you don't have to go to the other side where, where you're spending, you know, all your day cooking different meals for yourself. Like, no, there's a fine balance. Like, you can find what works for you and your day to day without, you know, being in the kitchen all day long, or just skipping all your meals all day long too. Like, these are things that I've noticed is a very common pattern with high performers, and you know, a lot of people are just skipping. I'm sure, you know, you've skipped a meal. I've—it's happened to me before. Um, it's just a bad idea overall to be skipping meals. Um, unless you're like, you know, severely overweight and you really want to do an intermittent fast to like help you lose weight and and help your, your body heal itself. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's my kind of like spiel on fasting because it's, it's a very popular thing right now. It's like, Oh, I don't have to eat. That's one less thing I need to do. Like, no, like if you want to be your best, eat quality food, eat proteins and fat for breakfast, time your carbs in the evening. Um, That philosophy is called carb backloading. So if anybody wants to go check that out, go right ahead. Um, It it just makes a lot more sense to me. When I think about food and teaching people how to eat, it's all about what is this food causing to my hormones? What is it causing to my brain chemistry? Like these are how we should look at foods. And that's where, you know, the calories in, calories out aspect of eating for me is just a little bit off because they, you know, they look at it as numbers, but they're not looking at it as like a whole system, right? Like your hormones control your mood. Your hormones control your stress. Your hormones control a bunch of things. So the, I think that's what we're gonna kinda of eventually progress to is looking at food, not for like its kilo you know, kilocalories. We're gonna look at it for its nutritional density and what it's doing for different systems in our body hormonally, uh neurotransmitters, so cognitively as well. Um that's where like we need to that's how people should start looking at a food. Like that's 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 what I feel we're stuck in the stone age. We're still looking at this and this is what we've been Talking about since like you know you know centuries you know I think the the calorie was discovered in like the 19th century or something I'm not too sure but um, this system like this way of looking at nutrition is just we need to there needs to be a paradigm shift if we want to get rid of chronic you know chronic health disease you know chronic diseases like obesity diabetes heart disease then we need to change our relationship with our food and the way we look at food as you know nourishment rather than just macros and micros like it's more than that it's 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 a lot more than that in my opinion beautifully said
0: i i was an intermittent fasting guy too for a while but twitter twitter has slowly <laughs> bullied me into a better life and i can't i can't express my gratitude enough
1: so the how do you how do you feel that you've changed that like now that you've started eating breakfast uh, and stuff? i feel
0: fine i've been do you know who ray Pete is i'm assuming you do yeah um, <laughs> oh boy i'm, I'm pete, like yeah, a, i'm yeah. on i'm testing his stuff right now i'm not like diehard ray pete mm-hmm. but in the morning he talks about having like eggs with a glass of orange juice or like when you have coffee there needs to be some kind of sugar along with it so in the morning i have like a latte i make like raw milk with espresso and That's what I start with. But then that's the sugar. I haven't noticed much difference about it. I've noticed definitely more energy from Mm. like just eating in the morning. So I think that's a plus one right there. Mm -hmm. But after I try this for like two weeks, three weeks, I'll start incorporating the, I'll probably just do like three eggs in the morning and just see how that works for a bit and test from there.
1: Add some fat. Add some fat because just the eggs, like the fat content, like maybe add some avocados or something like that that's just a little bit more fatty. Because if you just do proteins, you're going to feel like you're running out of gas. Uh, your, your blood sugar will really drop and so like around 11 o'clock, you'll start feeling like a little bit more groggy or just not in the zone. So um, if you feel like there's like little lulls in your afternoon, this is for everybody that's listening. Um, in the afternoon is a good time to start incorporating like things like fruits, uh, simple sugars, you know, like uh, that are you'll know, find in fruits. I, I usually tell people to target those later on in the day. Uh, in the morning, you go with a low glycemic fruit if you want to have some like berries, for example. Berries for breakfast are great sources of sugar, but you know they don't have the same hormonal effect that uh, you know bananas and. And, and and other fruits will like apples will have, for example. Mm-hmm. So um, low glycemic fruits, any kind of berries are a much better option to start the day with. And you can move to the other fruits later on in the day. You'll just feel a lot more like you'll have less of those ups and downs of energy throughout the day. Nice.
0: Okay. So yeah. we're running up on time. My last question. I have two questions, okay? Give me like – because I feel <laughs> yeah. like we need to – lead with this. So, first question, just give me like bullet points. What should people try to avoid like the plague?
1: <laughs> One, uh any kind of industrialized seed oil. Like any packaged food, any any food that's coming in a box, you have to pay attention and really look at that box. I'd say 99% of the time there's going to be sunflower oil or any kind of uh, industrialized seed oil. These is polyunsaturated fatty acids are very, um, they're oxidized. So they have the potential to create a lot of inflammation. You don't want inflammation in your body as much as possible. So I would say avoid seed oils at all costs. When you're going to restaurants and stuff like that, it might be a bit difficult. But whatever you can, avoid them. Use a lot of animal fats instead. So, you know, butter, grass-fed butter if you can, uh, lard, tallow, any kind of a baking fat, you know, these animal fats will give you things, uh, give you saturated fats, which are vital for things like testosterone production. People that are on a very low saturated fat diet don't produce a lot of testosterone. So I would say strongly recommend people start, you know, doing that. Um, What I would also recommend people to do if they're using a lot of technology is putting, either getting blue light blocking glasses uh, with an orange or red hue that literally will block out every single ray of blue light or use, uh, you know, use a, use a certain application or program on your, on your computer to create more of like a reddish hue because we're spending all our days in front of the computer. If you're having stress and sleep problems, like that's definitely contributing to that experience. So that's one thing I would recommend people do as much as possible, uh, and you know, avoid as much as possible as well. And uh, what else could I say? I would say um, avoid any of the fear mongering of the sun. The sun <laughs> yes. is probably your most effective, effective healing tool. It's free. It's there for a reason. It gives life to this planet. Like. Obviously, within reason, right? Because people, whenever they're talking about the sun, they're like, "Oh, you're gonna go stay in the sun for three hours a day and burn yourself and get cancer." Well, yeah, if you do that, sure. But if you give yourself the right dosage, you know, I'd say ten to fifteen minutes, if you can tolerate it. Um, just getting outside. You know, we're so scooped up inside. We 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 we're, we can't be our best when we're in when we're outside of our uh, natural environment. So. You know we can do both. That's that, that's the benefit of being a human. Like we are very adaptable, right? So we need to pull out the best of you know these fundamentals, like sunlight, uh, as much as possible. And the last thing I would say is, <laughs> drink quality water and avoid tap water. I mean that's Ooh. a that's a this is a biggie for me. There is yeah, I can tell. Like you know people, it's a big discussion now, uh, especially in the health Twitter sphere, but. The water that people are drinking from the tap, there's so much junk in there. Like it's when I think about it, it just turns me off from ever being able to drink it. You know, there's things like uh, xenoestrogens. There is birth control pill in there. There's medications. There is lead from lead piping of you know just the infrastructure is you know you're you could be absorbing uh, heavy metals. And for me, just the, the government standards for clean water is is not good enough. So. Everybody should be filtering their water. Everybody, if possible, should be remineralizing their water with sodium, potassium, and magnesium. Uh, you know that could be found in a lot of you know putting some sea salt like good clean sea salt into your water, especially in the morning. Uh, you know we hydration is a big issue, and I think a lot of people suffer on their day to day basis just because they're not being hydrated. so um, avoid the tap water, get the quality hydration that you need. Uh, another great option for people that want something quick is like uh, coconut water. That's got a lot of potassium. It's got some sodium. It's like a very natural, effective way of getting all your electrolytes in. So I think I think that's enough. No, Need that, more?
0: <laughs> that was really good. I do have one question that sparked from that. <laughs> Thanks. Though. Man. Do I feel like this is kind of impossible to avoid? But do you um, like pay mind to like showers? With the tap water or like exposing yourself to that tap yeah water. like how do you i feel like it's impossible to go around
1: that dude get a shower filter off amazon there's like it's literally like a head that you put on and it's a filter that you basically replace your current shower head with this one and uh it makes the water less hard mm. your skin gets healthier your hair feels better I think I paid like 35 bucks for mine. Like it's not that expensive. Obviously you can pay a bit more and get like a higher quality end one, but I got a very simple one. And really the goal in the future from you know when I when I build my house and everything would be to have like a reverse osmosis central system that filters all my water. And I don't have to think about it. Like I don't have to think about filtering it and remineralizes it because that's a, that's one thing. Because when you filter water with reverse osmosis, you pull out all the electrolytes from it, all the minerals. So a good system will remineralize the water. So it's like water has structure. Without any minerals, it's like dead water. So it's actually making you pee out more of your minerals instead of you keeping them. So it dehydrates you essentially. Yeah. So it's like that's where people need to be – like. These are things that, you know, if you look at the mainstream, they're not talking about this. They're not saying, you know, they're saying, oh, tap water is all good. You know, there's nothing to think about. No, like the water is polluted and we need to do, you know, it's not about avoiding it at all costs. And, and, you know, there's certain situations where, you know, let's say you're somewhere else and you don't have your shower for the wall. You got a shower, right? But it's all about minimizing the inputs. It's not about perfection. That's what I tell my clients, and every you know, I try to relay on relay on Twitter. It's like you can't be perfect in everything, but you have to put the odds in your favor. Do the right, you know, increase the a good inputs and minimize as much as possible the bad outputs. That's you know the bad inputs. And that's it. So you have to do that and. You have to proactively put yourself in a nutritional surplus because your environment and your stress and your lifestyle is pulling out all the good stuff from your body. And if you're not giving that back in in good amounts, well, you're going to have health problems that are going to show up later on. That's for sure.
0: Well said, man. Last question.
1: Why pomegranates? (laughs) There's a lot of things. I mean, pomegranate has like very, very potent antioxidants in them. So, you know, for heart health, that's very, very important. But what they're really seeing in it now is its prebiotic effects. So the seeds themselves have uh, the capacity, have certain uh, nutrients in them that feed good bacteria and kill off bad bacteria. So that's, you know, maybe a, a topic for another conversation, but gut health and pomegranate um is be- very much in line with with one another, so why are people talking about pomegranate it's just like it's a it's a it's a it's a very potent source of good fibers and good antioxidants that really support gut health, which will improve you know which is important for brain health which is important for heart health everything starts with the gut so that's why i and and, and it tastes, it tastes so good. really good <laughs> so yeah, I love it. I, it's so good. It's so good. It's 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 like a mission to open it, but it's worth every. I think every it's minute. fun. It's like
0: <laughs> it's like mindfulness, a, a meditative activity. You just take the spoon and you just beat the shit out of it and get all the fucking <laughs> seeds out. It's a fun time. <laughs> but yeah, it tastes so good, man. I saw your yeah. pictures on there, and I'm like, I love it. Pomegranates. Hey, eh? I'm gonna buy a few of those. So I I did rediscovered my love for them. So thank you, man. Thank you for the pomegranates. I, thank I you it. for yeah. coming on. I feel like we need another podcast. Eventually, we will come back. We'll talk about lifestyle changes more in depth. But I think starting with diet is starting with something is as good as it can get, right? Because it it just leads you down the rabbit hole of everything good. So, John, thank you again. Totally. Totally. Uh, where can people find you? Thank you, Dad. And what can they? How how can you help them?
1: So people can find me on Twitter at John Constas, C-O-N-S-T-A-S is my last name. So uh, people can find me if there are, you know, any high performers on here that are looking to really optimize their stress, uh, enhance their sleep quality, uh, just feel better overall and perform better overall. I I offer a coaching program for people like that. And uh, yeah, I would love to hear from anybody on here that would like to, to get coached. So thanks again. Dan, I appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to our next chat for sure.
0: Likewise, man. Thank you again. Listeners, uh, we'll thank you. We'll see you in the next one. Thank you so much for listening to that episode of the Modern Mastery podcast. I have a few favors to ask you. For a whopping $0, you can support this podcast by following, rating, and subscribing on whichever platform you are listening on. For an additional $0, you can share this podcast and tag us at Modern Mastery on Twitter or at Modern Mastery HQ on Instagram. This helps the Modern Mastery community grow and allows me to bring you top tier guests to fuel your hunger for wisdom. It costs $0, but it does cost you your time, and we understand how valuable that can be. Lastly, if you are trying to build a one person business as a content creator, coach freelancer digital product creator or online educator consider joining modern mastery hq that has hundreds of proven processes strategies and systems that you can copy and paste into your life and business to become a highly paid free and fulfilled individual. Go to join.modernmastery.co slash podcast to get your first month for $5 and gain instant access to four beginner legacy courses, hundreds of trainings and strategies, and a community of growth minded individuals. Because quite frankly, your friends and family just don't understand this kind of stuff. With that, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Modern Mastery podcast, and I'll see you in the next one.